Hello and welcome to Stewarding Family Wealth on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio and I am your host, Randy Bunsen. This series is presented by Centurion Advisory Group, serving individuals and business owners who choose to live on purpose. This afternoon, I am joined by Sandy LaRue, the lead advisor of Centurion Advisory Group, and Stephanie Sandridge, our operations manager. And they will be joining us today for a discussion on one of the key principles of handling cash flow. If you've followed us much at all, you are aware that we teach five basic principles of handling cash flow. Here they are. Number one, spend less than you make. Number two, always have a reserve. Number three, avoid debt. Avoid debt just like you avoid this virus. Okay. Number four, make and implement long-term plans. And number five, choose to be generous with your time, your talent, and your treasure. Uh, today during this session, we are going to talk about the, the first of those five principles, which is uh, spending less than you make. Embedded in that statement is the assumption or the expectation that we know how much we spend. So let's talk about how do we figure out how much we spend. And we're going to share some stories. Sandy and Stephanie are going to join me here shortly, but we're going to share some stories just based on our experience and what we've seen with some of the company owners and some of the households that we've served over the years. And I'll refer to my friend Jim. Keep in mind that these names have been changed uh, to protect the innocent, but the stories themselves are very, very real. Okay, these are actual clients that we serve. Uh, first is Jim. Jim owns a business. It's, it's a business services or professional services firm with about 10 employees and about $2 million of, of annual revenue. Okay, And Jim's just a, he's a, a technician of the first order and, and, a ma- uh, and a master of the spreadsheet. He's a spreadsheet guru. And he has a color-coded spreadsheet. I've seen this thing. It's absolutely massive. Okay, <laughs> But their firm has about four or five different categories of revenue. And so he, he has every source of revenue assigned to a specific color. And then he has his expenses tracked in excruciating detail. And that includes his payroll expense. So he knows exactly on any given day, week, or month how many minutes or hours this particular staff person works on this client project or this client challenge or whatever and so he can assign those minutes of expense specifically to a particular source of revenue and so he tracks the the data that he tracks to determine profitability of each dollar of revenue and the profitability of each employee and how much they add to the bottom line it's just it's it's a it's a work of art i I'm a spreadsheet nerd, so for me it's a work of art, but it's just this beautiful thing. So Jim, Jim tracks detail to that extent, and he doesn't go to quite that, ex- quite that extent on the household expenses, but it's the same approach. He, he knows what they spend because in order to spend less than you make, it is absolutely critical that you know how many dollars are coming in and you know exactly where they are going. Every dollar should be assigned a task okay there should be no unassigned dollars and so in my mind the miscellaneous category that may exist in your personal budget or if you're a business owner if you have a miscellaneous category uh with all due respect that's laziness 
Okay, that's that's. I was told that by one of my mentors, my my business partner, uh, who who described a miscellaneous category as laziness, and I didn't really want to hear that because we had a miscellaneous category. So it's like I listened, and I, after the meeting, I went away and scratched my head and said, "Yeah, he's he's right." <laughs> so we fixed that. There's no miscellaneous categories. Every dollar must be assigned a responsibility and be charged if it's an expense dollar that expense dollar must be assigned a responsibility for generating a return that's more than that dollar deployed and the same way in your household because there's three things you can do with money you can give it away you can spend it or you can save it okay and so to spend well or to allocate well we must be intentional about okay are we going to save that dollar spend that dollar or give that dollar away and then when we spend it be intentional yes let's spend this to build relationships within the family let's spend this to pay taxes so on and so forth so that's uh be be aware of what that looks like sandy you we were talking before the show started and you were sharing a little about your story would you fill us in on that just tell us more about that what some of the experiences you've had and what you've learned in that well initially um early in my marriage I had um, software that would download from our bank account and we tracked our spending against a budget back then. Um, Then years later, my husband had an accident and so we had to kind of change the way I I process things. You could still download things, but it was really needing to make sure that each dollar I earned was assigned specifically to a category, as you were saying. So I went so far as to having a paper calendar and wrote out my expenses, and most of them I could equate, I had mostly fixed expenses. And so I was able to assign those according to my pay period so I could make sure that rent was covered, that I was able to pay my power bill, my gas bill, all of those bills were covered first, and then also making sure that I had enough money to take care of my four kids and making sure they had food and were able to do what they needed to do through school or whatever, and then my husband's medical bills. So I had to make sure I managed my money so that there was enough to cover all of those expenses, and I was able to do that. It was it was a great thing. I don't recommend it always, but, you know, but it worked. It was really a good system for me. So this is so this is during a time where there's a family-owned business. Y'all were doing well, yep. living the life, mm-hmm. dated community, the whole deal. Yep. And Bobby was almost killed. The business went away. Yep. You were the only income. There were four children in elementary and middle school, and you, yep. whatever you made was it. Yep, that was it. It was all me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was yeah. a big change. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you went out to eat every week. Right? Oh, yeah, before that. Oh, yes. But after was, the accident. Oh, after the accident, we didn't go out to eat. Um, we actually stopped. It became a treat. I'm glad you reminded me. Um, it became a treat when whoever's birthday was coming up. That was the day we would go out to like an Outback Steakhouse, which was a huge extravagance for us. And, you know, we found ways to be financially savvy when we went to a restaurant but yeah that was a treat and so we looked forward to it otherwise we did not eat out we ate at home I cooked every meal we didn't eat fast food I mean it was it was a definite change of pace because it wasn't uncommon before that for us to eat out often and picking up food when we'd leave school so it was a big change for us to budget that kind of expense later on and and through all this though mm-hmm. You're relatively debt-free. I know you have a mortgage, but yep. the three of your four children are Georgia Tech graduates. They're all off the payroll. They're doing yep. well individually. And have have they shared anything with you over the years about what they may have learned watching you through that experience? 
Yeah, actually, they all managed their money really well. They didn't notice it as much until they started working themselves. And they they know to save and be very intentional about what they're doing now. And so they all make sure they have their expenses covered. They make sure they have enough money to pay all their bills. Like they're having to budget to pay off any kind of student loan they may still have. Um, they're doing really well and they're actually, you know, matching it. They're, make, they're putting as much in their 401k or more than what the match is. So they've learned a lot. And they're definitely, it's funny, one of my daughters, the other kids say she's really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> because she's so she's so planned out about how she has her money split up and where that money should go. So I'm proud of them. They've they're doing a really good job with their money, and they learned a lot by watching me go through that. Yeah, honestly. Good, good, good. What a great example you've been to your to your children. And I know you have been. So thank you for sharing that story. I know. Think of that. We uh, Sandy and I were visiting with one of our clients the other day, or a couple of weeks ago. I'll call him Mark, and Mark's an attorney. Been an attorney for 35 years. And a partner in an international law firm, and and so Mark tracks expenses on a spreadsheet, not to the extent that Jim does, but it's it's household revenues, what it is. You know, his earnings are household revenue. There's no business revenue associated here, and he has a spreadsheet. And he he uses categories. Okay, there's a category for housing where he lists all the, you know, the the mortgage payment, the utilities, and the the variety of expenses that go along with maintaining a home. So he's got that category, and then he also has the personal discretionary, you know, the, the clothes, the haircuts, and the groceries. The, the groceries aren't discretionary, but it's a different category than than housing costs. So he's got that category of personal expenditures. Okay, then he has a category for benefits. The dollars that he—it's it's the benefits and long-term planning category, mm-hmm. and he actually breaks those into two separate categories because they're sort of mandatory benefits through the employer and is maxing out his K plan and, and so on and so forth. And then he has a a category for taxes, you know, for income taxes, and then he has a separate category for uh, in his case, with three daughters, he has a, a, a one specific category for weddings. weddings. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a specific category for weddings, and then he has the category for long-term, long-term planning, wealth building, retirement prep, some of those kind of things. Because mm-hmm. he want not that he plans to retire, he just wants to step away. Okay, it's it's a demanding environment, and so so those are his categories. But when he mentally when he allocates, okay, he allocates in increments of a hundred thousand dollars. So a hundred thousand dollars for this, and a hundred thousand for this, and a hundred thousand for this, and a hundred thousand for this. So, you know, all of us come from different situations. There are households that might be listening, and they allocate ten thousand dollars at a time. You know, there are households that allocate a hundred thousand dollars at a time, or a million dollars at a time. And, you know, the the facts and circumstances of lives vary greatly, but the principles don't change. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of things. So Mark, when he allocates, he just allocates $100,000 at a time. We've had that conversation. Of, it's, it's, it's fascinating to learn the different ways that people interact with this. But whether it's Jim or whether it's Mark or whether it's what you've done, they have mm-hmm. all been effective ways of thinking about the expenses in every situation. In Sandy's situation, Jim's situation, Mark's situation, they know what they are spending. So Stephanie, Stephanie's with us for the first time. Uh, Stephanie is our our operations manager. It's mostly behind the scenes role for her, but she just does phenomenal work at, at workflow process, managing our tech stack, our IT, our uh, uh, compliance related issues, uh, HR, some of those kind of things. So Stephanie, we talked about this earlier, just for you and in, uh, in your household over the last 20 years or so, what what's been your experience? 
Well, so I'll be honest, initially, we didn't really uh, live by a budget. Uh, we, we lived less than our means, but I didn't have things specifically categorized. So what I have done more recently is and if I can say I'm just a little bit younger than you guys, sure. not a lot, but just a little bit younger. Oh, there so she I, rubbing I, it no, in. no, 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 no. <laughs> but I, you know, I engage um, with this kind of thing just a little bit differently. So I have found an app that I like, and it's funny. I was laughing earlier as you were talking because several of my notes, you've already made those points. So I'm just going to say them again. Sure. But what I have found works well is every dollar has a job. Yes. Every dollar has a job. There's if there's anything left over you still need to assign that penny to yes. something. Um, just be really intentional about that. So that's that's helped me kind of know where my spending, where's my money going. And then the other thing, it, it forces me also to, to make the plans and set aside money for short-term goals, long-term goals. And you also said, you know, spending and saving and giving. And kind of being aware of your expenses will also tell you kind of what you're making a priority in your life. And if you need to make adjustments, you know, if your pocketbook, if your checks or, you know, we use debit cards or credit cards now, if those expenses are not reflecting really the kind of lifestyle that you want to live, then there's an opportunity for you to reallocate and and make some changes. That's outstanding input. That's outstanding Mm -hmm. because I remember having a conversation with a young lady. I'd I'd met her somewhere, I don't know, probably a chamber event. We got to talking and she said, I'd like like to come see you. And she was 30 and single and we sat down and talked and here's, I challenged her. I said, okay, love to help. One of those pro bono situations. I just just trying to figure it out and I I wanted to help, right? And I said, let's start with this. I said, pull 12 months of bank statements. You can save them in PDF, uh, send them to us, and I'll print them or you print them, but let's get together and let's just look. Let's figure out where you have spent your money over the last 12 months. Because mm-hmm. she was she was struggling financially, okay? And never heard from her again. And sometimes people assign themselves that you know there, there can be things like guilt shame and mm-hmm. doubt oh i didn't do that well mm-hmm. okay well all of us can look back across our lives and say that didn't work the way i planned or that didn't work mm-hmm. out or that wasn't a good decision or that was stupid or whatever mm-hmm. we, we've all had these experiences yes. right <laughs> all right but that doesn't diminish who we are unless we allow it to right okay so you look back across okay so what can we learn from this let's take notes let's do something different exactly what you were saying but uh, you've heard of the stockdale paradox uh, admiral james stockdale was was in the hanaway hilton with john mccain all yes. right mm-hmm. and if you do not know the hanaway hilton i urge you to study your american history mm-hmm. okay so he was in the hanaway hilton with john mccain and later taught at stanford before he retired and he said that the first thing that you must do to make any progress toward a goal, personal business goal, mm-hmm. is be brutally honest with yourself about exactly where you are. Yes. Okay? Yes. Now, financially, that's pulling a financial statement. Mm-hmm. What do you own and what do you owe? Mm-hmm. And evaluating how you spend your money. And when you spend your money, that's that's not good or bad or right or wrong. Th- those aren't judgment calls. That's just how you spend your money. Right. right. Okay? But to your point, Stephanie, in order to make any progress in life, 
progress in life requires intentionality. You must be intentional. Okay, Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to be intentional about making progress financially, you simply have to be aware of, okay, how how have I spent my money? Let's take a look. Mm -hmm. Okay, Then once you do that, you can go down the checklist and and ask the question, is this how I want to spend my money? Do I want to spend money on that? Do I want to spend money on that? If you enjoy eating out and it brings you a lot of pleasure, you like being Mm -hmm. with people, and it, it fits the allocation, the way you like to spend your money, do it. Yep. Okay. If you want to subscribe to the premium package from whoever the um, I think cable sort of outdated, but however you get your however you get your your media feed, mm-hmm. how, whatever it looks like. If you want to spend uh, money on all the premium channels or all these different things where they stream stuff to you, if if that's meaningful to you, then do that. You know, th- those are not mm-hmm. right or wrong or good or bad situations. Those are right. simply personal choices. Okay, mm-hmm. choice is sacred, but you've got to. You've got to be aware of that, just just like you said. Right. Oh, uh, and I know for, for Teresa, maybe, um, she has an accounting background. She does accounting. I do finance. Accounting is backward-looking. Finance is forward-looking. So the, the way we've sort of divvied up internal responsibilities is um, sh- she handles operation, operations and maintenance. I handle, I handle new business development and long-term planning, okay, both business, from a business perspective and from a personal perspective. She keeps us informed about what we have spent. And I do. I I have a. I know this will surprise you, but I have a spreadsheet about our uh, about our expenses, and it's categorized sort of like um, sort of like Mark has done. It's categorized in in major categories. But when I think about allocation, the way what Teresa and I've chosen to do, and as a result of the journey of our lives, charitable giving is very important to us. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so we divide, or I've divided our cash flow, we, you know, whatever our annual cash flow is, I've divided it into five 20% buckets, okay? And so the way we divide our cash flow is 20% goes to charitable giving. We allocate 20% to taxes. I've, I've long believed that, I've, I've always wanted to give more to charity than I have to pay in taxes. <laughs> Where, you know, because taxes is involuntary mm-hmm. giving and charitable giving is voluntary giving. You yeah. know, think of it. You know, taxes are forced extractions. There's, there's certainly a place for taxes. I'm, I'm not discounting the paying of taxes too much. But, uh, you know, it's 20% to charitable giving, 20% to taxes, 20% for housing, and, you know, whether that's a mortgage or all the other costs associated with maintaining the home. And then 20% for personal discretionary. And the, the last 20% is for long-term planning, wealth building, saving, investing, those, those categories. So that, that's the way we've done it. In all these examples, the, the stories you've shared, the stories we've shared with some of our people, those are not right or wrong answers. Those are just those are decisions we make, but all of them, all of us have chosen to be intentional, which is the, you've got to be intentional about, okay, what are my expenses? Like you said, Stephanie, yeah. is this what I want to do with this money? And assign, assign every dollar, every penny a job. Wrap up with a story. This goes back to my mother's dad, okay? My mother's family name was Adams, and her dad's name was Clifford or Cliff. Went by Cliff. Actually, his nickname was Stone. All right, and he was solid as a rock. And uh, but I'll I'll refer to him as Cliff just for the for the sake of the story. But born in 1913, by 1941, he was married, had three children, called up to go to war, Fort Lewis, Washington, Philippines, in the army during World War II. He so he he was in his 30s, married, and had three kids when he was called up, rather than being 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. All right, while he was gone. The middle child, which is a younger boy, or the older boy, Harvey, uh, got sick. 
and it, it wasn't just um, it wasn't just the, the sore throat or or the seasonal flu. It was it was a life threatening illness. So when gra- uh, when Grandpa when Cliff came home, he got a job working shift work uh, repairing airplanes. Okay, he worked for McDonald Douglas mm-hmm. repairing airplane wings. And it's it, it's a skilled trade, but he he worked shift work, drove to Tulsa and worked shift work. And I remember him telling the story at the time they did not have a car because he said that Harvey's medicine Harvey's very sick. Okay, and Harvey's medicine cost more than his entire paycheck okay and he said so he rode to work with a guy gave the guy a couple of dollars for gas didn't have a car and at the time they had uh lived out in the country in rural oklahoma close enough to drive to tulsa uh, drive to town to work and they kept cows they kept milk cows and he would milk the cows skim the cream and they would they would save the cream and put it in these big five gallon metal buckets I'm not going to describe what they look like. If some of you came from rural America, you might know what these five-gallon milk buckets look like. But they have a lid that you push down. They have handles on the side. But they were these five and sometimes ten-gallon milk buckets. And Grandpa said that he would take that cream. They would save the cream, fill up the can, take the cream to town, to the small town they lived in. It was about 30 miles outside of Tulsa. He would take the, the cream to town. He said when he went to town, you know, on the weekends to, to buy staples. He said he owed money to every person that he saw. Every shopkeeper in town, he owed them money. They'd extended credit. The, the Adams family had been there. He was the second generation there, okay? His parents came there in the late 1890s before statehood. So he knew everybody, and he owed money to everybody in town. Everybody they saw, he owed money to. But he would take that cream to town and, and sell it because it had value, it could be resold, it mm-hmm. could be broken down into smaller units, pints or whatever, and be resold. And that cream for him had great value because it allowed him to buy staples, flour and sugar, and other things that he and grandma needed to run their household. And he said, in the, in the late 40s, on one of those trips to town, he had a team of horses, two horses and a wagon. That was his mode of transportation because they didn't have a car. And um, he said he was on his way to town with two cans of cream and something spooked one of the horses and it bolted and it jarred you know everything jarred the wagon and it tipped over one of those cans of cream and he said he sat there and cried because that cream was so incredibly valuable for making provision for his family during that time he developed the habit you you may have seen these small pocket notebooks that you put like in your shirt pocket whether they're spiral bound to the top and during that time he developed the habit of tracking his expenses to the penny every day and i still have some of those small spiral bound notebooks in my possession some of them have come down to me some of some other other things have come down to another cousin to one of my cousins but I still have some of his things and it includes one of those notebooks and you can look in there and there's an entry where it says uh, Polly my, my grandmother's name was Pauline and she went by Polly and Polly you know three dollars and 25 cents at the grocery store or you know 10 cents for eggs they would buy eggs from some of their neighbors that that had chickens you know and literally every penny that they spent if he gave Grady, the guy he rode with, he gave him a dollar for gas, or if he filled it, Grady's car up with gas, every penny was recorded in these little pocket notebooks because he owed money to everybody he knew. And then Harvey, as a young teenager in about 1953, passed away. And um, from that time, though, 
we have pictures. We have uh, eight millimeter. It's probably been converted to video now, but there's eight millimeter uh, video, or whatever you call that, with those old ca- cameras from the from the 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. and some other uh, single picture, uh, you know, frame pictures of trips they took, because Grandpa paid off everybody. He got everybody in town paid off. Of course, after Harvey's death, which is a huge loss for them. Anytime you lose mm-hmm. a child, you're supposed to lose parents, but losing a child just it impacts people the rest of their lives, right? Mm-hmm. But financially, he developed the discipline of tracking his expenses. And so from 1953 to 1974, when he retired in 21 years, he was able to set aside enough money. He had a, pension, a small pension plan. He had Social Security, but was able to set aside enough other money that their home was paid for, and he had some other funds set aside so that he and my grandmother could enjoy the 25 years after their retirement before they passed. And so, But that's what he learned through that. So it, I could tell you story after story. I am going to stop. I'm not going to continue to sto- tell you stories about Cliff or my grandpa. But, you know, we all come to the table with different experiences, but mastering the art of tracking your expenses is so valuable. Any, any final comments, ladies? Just be intentional. All right, yeah. good. Thank you both for participating with us today. Thank you so much, uh, my friends, for joining us on Stewarding Family Wealth today. It's been presented by Centurion Advisory Group, where we bring perspective, processes, and purpose to families who wish to build wealth, transfer assets and values across generations, give to causes meaningful to them, helping them reduce their tax bill and invest in ways that align with their values. Uh, Don't forget to enjoy these episodes. You can find them on Business Radio X. You can also download from Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. You can find it under Stewarding Family Wealth. That's it for this session. We will talk to you soon. Thank you. 